You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Okay, um, good evening everyone. Welcome to church tonight. Um, we're almost at the end of this sojourn through the letters to the churches. I think today's the, the sixth one out of seven. So we're like, oh, thank God. Every Wednesday just come and just hear Jesus ranting. Uh, <laughs> or Jesus expressing himself to us. Hmm? But I think, you know, um, I think it's great to, I think it's been for me a, a very enriching experience. And like I said, when we started, my prayer is that, um, my prayer is that when we finish the letters, we would also have a clearer understanding of what God is thinking and saying to us. All right? Praise God. Um, we're going to read through the letter to the church in Philadelphia tonight. So Revelations chapter 3 and from verse 7. I'll read out um, the portion of scripture that's applicable and um, we'll take it from there. I think we've got two people tonight, two bishops tonight who would kind of um, share first and then I'll just come and wrap up. All right. Um... um so if you go to those shows, there's a guy that comes out before the main act comes. I'm that guy tonight who's coming out and shouting, you know, trying to make you prepared. So just keep your energy high, okay? Um, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, This things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no man can shut it. No one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you because you have kept my command to persevere. I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Or I'm going to have two of our um, leaders here at LifePoint share tonight out of this scripture and I'll come around. And um, I think for the one person, it's her first time, so when she comes with chair, the other person is an established teacher and bishop here too. Um, let's welcome the Lakbo. Where's the Lakbo? she hiding somewhere? Oh, okay. I'm not sure where the luck was. She's coming. Okay, well, the luck has protocol people. And right after the luck does five minutes, um, Okwe is going to come also share. And we need to chair, chair for her. Let's put our hands together and celebrate both of them. The luck where are you coming from? <laughs> eh? <laughs> okay, I'm a real hype man tonight. All right. The luck guys. Hi everyone, good evening. Okay, the church in Philadelphia. I think um, it's, it has been quite interesting studying the church and um, this church actually stood out for me and um, based on what was said about them, I think the first thing I noticed was that there was no major rebuke for them, for the church. They were, they were applauded now and encouraged and really 
really spoke, they spoke, it was things they spoke away about them. Please, I'm really nervous. <laughs> okay, and uh, the first part, the part I would just like to share is this, I know thy works. And Pierre always emphasizes anytime ministers that I know that thy works, that everything would do, God sees and he knows. And he said to them here also that I know thy work. Behold, I set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Okay, maybe because of my kind of personality, I would just try and sit down here and just um, explain this as the Lord helped me. Say that I've given before you an open door, and no man can shut it. And um, this was just so catchy for me. He said, for that little strength, but that has kept my word, and that has not denied my name. And this just resonated with me, like, how are we, are we holding on to God's word? How are we believing God for who he is and what he says? He says, I have opened the door and no man can shut it. Do we just really, literally take God's word as it comes to us? And he says, you have not denied me. You have kept the faith. You have done what I asked you to do. You have not denied me. You've kept my word. You have not denied me. And I've opened before you an open door. No man can show. I think for everything we do, as we strive to know the Lord and to follow the Lord, as we strive to do our parts as believers, God takes note and God's God takes details and he said you have not denied me you've been faithful and part of my research I, I, I found out that these people were very faithful they were of little faith but the little they know about God they were patient with God and they were faithful and God set before them an open door and he said because I have set before you an open door no man can shut now who can make this kind of declaration it can only be God and when God set an open door before any man as he has said there will not nothing can shut it nothing can close it. it opens and no one closes he can make this statement because he's all powerful he's almighty he's God all by himself and no one can come against his word or no nothing can oppose his word but how can we get this kind of assets before God how can we get this kind of opportunity before God is by striving and living the life that he has committed to us to live and he said because these people uh, in Philadelphia, I've not denied the faith. There were people with little strength, little courage, but they kept on to what they believed. Said Bible in one part of the Bible says, "Hold on to the faith that you've professed. Everything you said, you know, we come to church, and sometimes it's really very hard for me. That every, sometimes I would gather, I do some videos online, and I did one video at the time that it's so hard for us to just be in church together, and you are so encouraged. But when you go out there, you just realize that you are alone, you are all by yourself because it seems we just we all get all the ginger. But when we get there, it's a whole different game. You're looking for your friend, hold me, hold me. Everybody is finding how to hold themselves. You understand? So it's quite hard. So, and, and these people were commended because they had little faith and they did not deny the faith. How are you denying the faith? How am I compromising? How am I saying no to God daily? You know, when you find yourself in such situation, it looks like as if you're alone. At your workplace, you feel alone. That I'm standing alone. Nobody's even standing with me. Who is here to support what I want to support? Who is here to say yes when I want to say yes? You know, simple things like just lying and just compromising the faith here and there. Lying to go for an interview, saying I'm sick and you're not sick. Things that don't really matter. It matters. And these are the things that accumulate before God. He says they've not denied the faith. They stood and did not deny the faith. They didn't compromise God for a minute. And that was what happened. God opened doors for them that no one could shut. And who can God make such boldness? both statements concerning you. Can God say the same thing that I've opened before you and opened up because of your faithfulness and no man can open it because there's no opposition against you. Praise God. First Lord, um, so I'm a little nervous, but I guess I was just in the middle. Yeah, so quite a few things um, stood out for me in the course of studying this particular church. And over the past few weeks, we studied five churches, We've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And for me, let us seek sort of showed us the beauty or, you know, uh, Philadelphia is also known as um, the city of brotherly love, the church of brotherly love. And love is the essence of, you know, our faith of Christianity and goes to show that um, when we get it right in the church, I mean, the beauty of Christianity is actually showing love. Verse... Um, 
So studying Revelations 2 and 3, um, I sort of revealed God to us in different ways. So in verse 7, <clears throat> excuse me, verse 7, um, sorry, can you project? Okay. So it describes God as one who is holy, one who is true, the one who has the key of David. He opens and no one shuts, and he shuts and no one opens. So historically, the Church of Philadelphia was known to be the church who um, projected the gospel, walked right to the church of the door of the church, and you know proclaimed the gospel because they were strategically placed. I think it was uh, in the border of some towns, and one of the mandates of um, as Christians is that we need to. Sorry, Matthew, please can you project Matthew chapter 28, verse 9, verses 19 to 20. Okay. So it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So um, amplified, sorry, can I have amplified, please? So as Christians, we are mandated to help people to get to know God. So literally, when we hear preach the gospel, most of the time we feel like, well, missionaries or maybe pastors are supposed to, you know, come on the pulpit and um, eat Sunday or, you know, preach. PI preaches every Sunday. However, as Christians, we're mandated as individuals to preach the gospel based on our actions, our choices. You know, the way we live our lives on a daily basis, we're supposed to showcase that we're Christ. So not, uh, sorry, that we're Christ-like. So one of the things about the study of churches that struck me is that we're studying individuals. Like, it's not the buildings that we're studying. We're studying the members of, that, of those congregations. The way... Um, so verse 7, the part of... Sorry, back to um, verse 7. The part of it also says something about... God knew their works. It struck me that, you know, God knew them. He knew their struggles. He knew their responses to what he was going to say to them, which is evident in the last part of that, um, that says, he who has an ear, um, sorry, one minute. I your ears awake, listen. Listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. It struck me that God knew them so well. He had seen them pass through certain things. He had seen that even though they were under so much pressure, they were struggling with certain things, they didn't succumb to what it was that was dealing with them. And it goes to show to us that as human beings, you know, as people, we, we struggle with different things, we're in different phases of life, of our lives, and sometimes it's just so easy, sorry, it's just so easy to you, you say, you know what, Maybe I'll just chill out on being a, I mean, going to church for a while or being a Christian for a while. Most of the time or sometimes things don't go our own way. Like in this, I mean, this particular church that we're studying today, it, it, it seems like things were really, really rough. In fact, um, there's, a part, there's a particular verse that um, God compared them to um, the synagogue of Satan. Some people who, of course, maybe were going through the same things too, but somehow... They stood the test of time and their rewards were, you know, actually listed out. So let's imagine you've worked for one year, at the end of the year, you, whatever it is you're, um, you've done for your organization, is you go through an appraisal. Um, so for these guys at the Church of, um, of Philadelphia, um, they were appraised. Um, God appraised what they had done. And unlike the other churches whereby God rebuked them or, you know, he said they didn't get this right, they didn't do this for them, he stated what they had, more like he highlighted their strong points. You know, I know how if you went after you worked one year, your, your boss is letting you know why you're getting promoted or is letting you know why... Um, why you're getting a particular amount of bonus you're getting or whatever. It, of course, it helps you to, you know, do better. And for each of us, one thing that I would like to say as, you know, I step down is that it's important that we remember 
that our mandate as Christians is to preach the gospel. But let's not just have it at the back of our minds that, okay, until maybe I have to somebody who, maybe I have to preach to a Muslim friend or something. Sometimes it's the word of prayer. Sometimes is um, just checking up on someone. Sometimes is something as little as you think is insignificant, but it's reaching out to them, showing them love as Christ would have showed that person, you know, if he was here in human form. Let's put our hands together and thank Okwe and thank Dolakbo for sharing tonight. Okay, help me tell the person next to you, tell them you are next. You are next. <laughs> um, we're not going to sing, but Jeff, you can play that song. Da, 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 da. That's an evil one. Thank you. So we're not going to sing it, but it just, just was important for me to hear it tonight. All right, help me ask the person next to you. Tell, ask them, what has God been saying about you? What has God been saying about you? Yep. For some of us, I said it when we started and I insist that you are deliberately avoiding hearing God's voice. Yeah, for some of us, that's, because for some of you, you know that if you allow him to talk to you, that relationship has ended. You know it. You can already sense, you've been hearing like echoes. So some of you, it's, there's a line of business you are doing. It's not exactly business. <laughs> and you know that if you let God talk to you, that you will no longer be able to say you are not sure. But hearing God's voice, listening to God, letting the Holy Spirit speak to us, is one of the most powerful things that can ever happen to a person. So again and again, he would say, he that has an ear, let him hear. So it means that there are people who have, have ears, but are not using them. Help me ask the person next to you, ask them, you hear, please? You hear, it's, it's pigeon, so don't say it with an accent. Ask them properly, you hear? All right? <laughs> yeah. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 that the transaction between Jesus and the church, his bride, that there are things that he's saying to the church. He calls it the washing of water by the word that then changes the church. He says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 17, I think from verse 17, says, my words or thy words, O Lord, are truth. What happens to a marriage when the spouse refuses to listen? Why are we going to marriage? A relationship uh, where you are not, where your boyfriend or girlfriend is refusing to listen to you. Yeah. Um, tonight, it's an interesting church. This is a warm letter. You know, there was one letter where Jesus tells the church, if you don't repent, I will kill you with death. And I was like, wow, it's a bit harsh. This one is warm and cherry. Yeah? And so we'll go through it very quickly. By the way, I want to thank everyone who comes here and shares. So um, I don't know that I will pastor and teach at Life Point forever because I didn't used to do it before. <laughs> uh, but I know that there are people here who God is calling to teach, to preach at different places and at different times. And what will happen is that he will open a door for you at different times. And the, the thing is, you know, I will get there soon, that a door is access, not necessarily motion, right? Um, and so it's your responsibility to step through the doors that God will open for you. So he says to this church, look, um, the first statement he says to them, I am the one who opens and no man can close. He says, and when I close, no man can open. And again, he says, I know your works. And we've said it most of the Wednesdays that God is interested in what we do with righteousness. He's interested with what we do because we know him. 
That is not what saves us. Grace saves us. You can never, ever qualify to be saved. But it is the things that we then do. And he's, when he speaks to those churches, he's, he's not talking about how they were saved. He's saying we've passed that place. For a lot of us, we have actually passed that place. Right. But he says to them, Behold, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. And that, to be honest, it's powerful. It's great for preaching. You know, and there's even a song. Um, I'm walking through my open door. I totally just, you know, and that's a beautiful song because it's a good song. I mean, if I say, I sense that God is opening doors for us, we all shout amen, as we should. But he says to them what is, he says for. So this is the reason, a basis. It's almost like saying, you have done something that is prompting this. All right. Um, and he says, for you have a little strength have kept my word and have not denied my name. I think we spoke a couple of weeks ago about not denying his name. But here in particular, he says that you have also kept my word. Last Sunday or last Wednesday, we spoke about the fact that the word of God is primary. It is central to the Christian walk. And that it is, it is, it is hard for you to live any form of successful Christianity and just listening to the word, it is doing the word. May I say here, someone, that God is the one who opens doors for people who have little strength. And there's someone sitting tonight in God's presence or listening to this, and you feel like you have little strength. And and for you, that is very discouraging. People who have little strength. I'll just talk about that a bit. and then. But he comes to that church and he says, guys, I know you have, a, you have just little strength. He says, but you have refused to let that be an excuse for not keeping the word or for not holding on to my name. As we read through Scripture, there are things that we will get instructed to do. So the Bible says when we read through Scripture, it is useful for instruction, for correction. We will keep... So the Bible says in James, it says, we are, we are not of those who just hear the word only. It says, but be you doers of the word, James 1, to 23 be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. I think 24 says the man turns away and goes and he immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But I, I want to encourage someone, that person who, who feels they're in a place where they don't have a lot of strength. Sometimes you wake up in the morning, go on social media, and you are reminded of the things that you cannot do. The things you have not done. You have not flown a private jet. In fact, you have not flown before. <laughs> private or public jet. You've not snorn. And you're just looking and saying, ah, ah, see, is this the same life that we're in? Sometimes you have not... I don't know what it is that you have not done. Sometimes you just hear, oh, what's his name? Jack was in town. And it's even now you're knowing who Jack is. Talkless have been invited to dinner. Jack is the guy at Twitter, my friend. Okay. <laughs> and you're looking at these young people who are hanging out with Jack and you're going, my God. <laughs> when? Yeah? yeah, exactly. You feel like you don't have strength. Or Saturday after Saturday, people are posting wedding ceremonies. Right? And you're like, God, I don't even have a girlfriend. <laughs> don't worry, Nifemi, God is on your matter. He's working it out. <laughs> um, or you see people who, who come up, maybe Dolakwa comes and says, oh, last Sunday... 
I just went out and I preached. 527 and a half people got saved. You know? Yeah, yeah, you know how the lack of rules in there. <laughs> and, you're like, and you're like, my God, I've not even preached to one person this year. Or someone comes and says, oh my goodness, I used to be a drug addict, cocaine, everything. Now I don't do anything anymore. I don't smoke anything. I don't even use gas in my house anymore. There's nothing, nothing at all. I'm clean. And you know where you are. Yeah? Little strength. The Bible says, in, it's interesting because, you know, as, we, as I read through this, I remember a gentleman in Judges chapter 6. And the angel shows up, verse 12 to 15, to have a conversation with Gideon. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with me, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not our fathers, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? So they're asking you, where are the miracles around your life? Why are these things happening to you? Why did your car break down on 3rd Mainland Bird? Why? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. For so some of you, your boss at work is like the Midianites, Right? Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you will save Israel from the hand of the Medes. Have I not sent you? And so he said to him, O Lord, my guest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. I don't have strength. Ah, Lord, how can I do the things that you want me to do? I am I'm not even from Lagos. I'm from from somewhere, somewhere, from Benin, from Ibadan, Abiyakuta, Bomosho, Oshogbo, Ijebu. You know where you're from. You're from where? <laughs> you need help. <laughs> but it's okay, God will help us. But it's interesting that, you know, God says, as he's saying to this church in Philadelphia, he said to Gideon, he says, there is a realm of strength that God appoints for people who do not, because who do not have strength, who have little strength. He says, I have set before you an open door. The Bible says God will use the weak things of this world to confound the strong. He will say unto Paul, he says, in your weakness, my strength is made manifest. There is a key. He says, you have kept my word and you have not forsaken my name. It's interesting, that's God's conversation with Gideon because Gideon picks up, says, God, you claim that I have strength. And so Gideon picks up the men and heads out to war. When you read Judges chapter 7, we'll go back to Revelation shortly, but when you read Judges chapter 7, God begins to but like someone here tonight, God begins to redefine Joshua's equipment, or Gideon's equipment a bit. So very quickly, uh, Judges 7 and verse 2 to 4. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites to their hands. Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. For that person tonight may be, that is why he left. Maybe. Maybe that's why they stopped picking your calls. Maybe that's why they stopped inviting you on Friday. Because Gideon said, look, God... I don't have strength. I'm the weakest. My family tribe is the least in Manasseh. And it says, I am the weakest. So God, this is the wrong number. God says, oh, you can do it. And God brings him out. He says, I can do it. And then God takes his army and says, ah, Gideon, the people around you are too many. It says, now therefore proclaiming the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once. 
from Mount Gilead and 22, not 2,000, not even two, 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. And so whenever I've pictured this, I can just imagine soldiers, grown men, getting up, carrying, they say, you know, we're heading home. And he's like, Samuel, you too. Ah, John. And can I see his cousins. His, even some of his brothers, I can't die today, man. I can't. I'm not, I'm not here. But sometimes in life, if I hear he says, sometimes it's almost like if God wants to prove a point. If I hear he says to, to Gideon, he says, just in case, he says, you guys are too many. We're about 33,000, I think, or 22 plus 10, 32,000. He says, let the people that are afraid and are fearful and afraid, let them go. And so soldiers leave. I don't know who it is. I don't know what church it is. I don't know what organization, which person it is, where some of your soldiers have left. People have left you. Uh, and then God is still not done. We're going back to Revelation 3, but I just needed to make this point. And then the Lord said to Gideon again, the people are still too many. Let me tell the person next to you, it seems that people are too many. They are too many, eh? They are too many. Because for some of you, you have your map. You have your uncle, Dele, who is an ED. And if he fails, your mother's cousin. And then there's a backup for that backup. There's Auntie Elizabeth. And worst case scenario, there's your neighbor's uncle. Some of you brothers, you have a, a road map. There's, two, there's, a, there's a lady in the choir, one in multimedia, and one in traffic, and then one in the neighboring church. <laughs> but sometimes, those who have little strength are the ones God is saying, let me open a door for you. In fact, so God says to them, the people are still too many, bring them to the water, and then God says, I will test them there for you. There it will be, Anyway, let me just tell you a shot of it is that that 10,000 becomes 300. I suspect that at that point, Gideon says, I am persuaded God just wants to kill me here. <laughs> you know, let me, because if I'm Gideon, there's nothing. Why? From 32,000 to 10,000 to 300. When you read that story in Judges 6, 7, it's amazing what God does with people that have little strength. Revelations 3, he says, I have set before thee an apundo. He's speaking to the church in Philadelphia. He says, but no one can shut that door. He says, you have a little strength, but he explains to them why, what transforms little strength into a place where you enter a door that no man can shut. It says it is how you reckon, how you relate with my word. How you relate with my name. And I think Dolakbon earlier will talk about what, how much value do we place to the things that God says to us through scripture. People who have little strength. Let me tell the person next to you, tell them God is fighting for you. God is fighting for you. Yep, God is fighting for you. For someone, God is the one who will open a door for you in your career. You just have to trust his word. There's a form of Christianity that I know, I've observed, and I think at times in my life I've participated in where the word of God is no longer the main thing. Because in our world, we have all sorts of reference for behavior, for inspiration. For someone, it's his 48 laws of power that you have memorized. Maybe on law 46. Someone, of, it's not that complex, just Instagram. Someone is Twitter. For someone, it's what is fashionable, is what people are saying. But there is a call upon the church. And Jesus is very clear here. He says, guys, your strength is small. And I, I wanted to say that it was, if this letter is one of those ones where he encouraged. He's saying, guys, I know your strength is small. 
not only do I, but people know that your strength is small. I think it's Okbe who mentions it. Not all the doors that God will open will lead us to the places that we want to go to. I need to say this. We are not the ones who decide for God. If it was left to me, um, I may not necessarily be here today. I'm not saying I won't be here. That's how I qualified it. But there are one or two other cities that I might have suggested to God, which I think fits my lifestyle, my calling, and my gifts, and even my accent. I don't... <laughs> Lagos is undeserving of most of us. <laughs> and we know it. It's just because we don't want to say it, but, but let's not go there. because God knows all the secret Canadian documents you've been hiding, but it's fine, it's all right. <laughs> I say this because <laughs> sometimes as God will open doors for us in life, we need to keep our ears listening. For some people, God has opened the door for you and you're unwilling to walk through it. Because the door is not the building, right? It's not the room. Sometimes this door that God opens for us, Paul would speak about an open door repeatedly, is not for us. He would say um, in one place, he says, I've, I'm going to stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. I think it's in Acts chapter 14 or... Uh, no, 1 Corinthians 16. It says, because a great and effective door has been opened to me and there are many adversaries. Another place I think is in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and 12 when he speaks about his experience in Troas. He says, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel and a door was opened to me by the Lord. Sometimes for us, church, God will open doors for us to serve people. Sometimes he would open doors for us to preach the gospel. But you know, sometimes when we look at the door that God opens for us, if we cannot see a G-Wagon inside, we're like, no, that, that's not God. That's not God. If you cannot see a, a lady with long legs. Hey, focus, guys, focus. The past is forgiven. And, and I'm saying this carefully, but it is deeply true that there will be someone who would have two jobs and, and you have to see the door. You have two job offers. You would have to see the door that God is opening for you. Someone who will have two guys show up before her. One guy all smooth and nice and beards and, you know, and all that stuff. The other guy is young. He's still using Taxify. <laughs> you need to know what doors God opened. Because he says there are certain doors that are open and men can shut. But it says, there's a door that I open for people who have little strength who keep my word. It says, and no man can shut it. And so perhaps, <laughs> there are doors he will open for us in our careers, in our relationships, in our health, in our finances, in our communities. And we must thank God for this. But there's also doors that God will open for a church for a people that will give them a voice in places that nobody can enter. I have been in places before where there was one person who is unfriendly to the whole team, but there's one member of the team that they give audience to. Those doors can change a life forever. And so maybe it's also instructive for someone tonight not to go with everybody to everywhere they're going. Because 
surely God is not opening the same door for all of us. Right? It says, you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. That person with little strength, you just need to, you need to hold on to God. I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago I said that God's plan for your life, God's faith in you, God's love for you, is bigger than your mistakes. His, it is bigger than your weaknesses. I think over the last couple of weeks, I've just become so aware of how much, how many of us, as Christians, are inactive because of the things that we are waiting to become perfect. So we're not doing anything in the kingdom. Interestingly, we're not also doing anything when it comes to what we would call quote and unquote, <laughs> not church, but it's all part of God's plan for our lives. That there are too many people who are so aware of the strength that they do not have. So the size of our dreams and our visions and the things we want to do do not reflect the God who we serve. So I, 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 I genuinely wonder What is the biggest thing that you feel inspired by God to do on the earth? And it doesn't have to be something in competition, but that surely as, as God who's created you, what is it that he's speaking to you about? He says, though you have a little strength. I don't know who it is. Who is God saying, look, but when are you going to start your own law firm? Who is God saying, when are you going to let the name of Jesus be heard in government? Maybe someone, God is saying, when are you going to buy your own bank? All banks were started by someone. Someone, maybe he's asking, when will you start a church? Ah, you're saying, ah, God, <laughs> I have a little strength. Let's try and put this home. And he says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. God will bring to local assemblies and to his people who keep his word proof that he loves them. Some of that proof will be public. Some of that proof will be public. It says, Behold, you have kept the word of my patience. I will also keep you from the hour of temptation, which will come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which you have, that no man may take your crown. Um, you know, when we teach about our faith, it's an interesting thing because sometimes people drive one way when we, you know, and because he says that there's, he says hold fast, and I think he said the pick the, the best way I can just portray in my mind to myself what he's talking about is a, a maybe not a face cap, maybe a, oh yes, a, a lady wearing a wig on a windy day, a very windy day. Not a very stable wig. You know, sometimes you just you keep it, you just tap it down to make sure nothing happens, right? I remember a story about someone who says she was feeling very happy and they were playing loud music in the car, so she put her head out, just enjoy. You know how you see it in the music videos, and they were going, and then they got to a place where the wig refused to go further. <laughs> It says, hold fast that which you have. <laughs> hold fast. 
Uh, no. Sometimes in church, some ladies wear these nice skirts and then it becomes windy. And then they're holding it down, holding it. And the brothers are just like, hey, who told you to wear it? <laughs> Mind your business, guys. It's fashion. Ladies, wear your skirt. Bring pegs. <laughs> But your faith, <laughs> but there are things that can blow your faith away. And I'm, and I'm saying this because I'm not just, this is not me just teaching a sermon. I'm, I'm also speaking out of the abundance. There's, there's a way a heartbreak can hit you. That you, you might not understand prayer. Your, your prayer language just moves. You're like... <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. But that's I mean, there, but sometimes it's grief. Yeah. Sometimes you see someone who loses a loved one. Yeah, you because the 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 intensity of the loss. But hold fast to that which you have. Sometimes it's the wickedness. I need, to, I need to finish, but it's the wickedness that we see. And I was saying to someone that as Christians, we need to stop trying to interpret evil or moderate evil or trying to understand why people do wicked things. Because sometimes there's wickedness that has no explanation. But hold fast. It says so that no one can take, will take your crown. Let me tell the person next to you, don't let anybody take your crown. Don't let anybody take your crown. Not whether it is man, woman, boss, nobody's taking your crown. He that overcomes, will I make a pillar in the king, the temple of my God, and it shall go out no more. And I will write his upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. That we would keep God's word. That will go on even when you, you don't think you can go on. That you would wait for God even when it seems like your timer has finished. I feel a strong sense of encouragement tonight. And that God is saying to that person who has little strength... He's saying, let me be the one, like this church, that will open a door for you that no man can close. Yeah. I, uh, as I round up tonight, there's that person who has no dreams anymore. No dreams. God says, look, I'm the one who opens a door and no man can close it. I open doors for those who have little strength. I don't know what it is that you have stopped dreaming about. And it's amazing that I say that not all the doors that God will open will always take you to the place where you want to go, right? <laughs> right. I was going to say something about marriage, and but I think that's a tricky one. The message already landing properly. I should just let it land properly. Yeah, because it says about Yeah. <laughs> Probably will come and meet me later and say, What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, just let me stay where I am. This I like the way the message is already almost all put together. But tonight, help me ask the person next to you, ask them, What's your name, please? What's your name? Just your real name, because people come to Lagos with fake names. What's your real name? And so please let me ask them. I may call their name and then prophetically tell them, please keep the word. Please, so, so please keep the word. Tell them, let nobody take your crown for you. Huh? Keep the word. Let the word be your guide. Let the word be. This choir people, relax. It's not the same message we're listening to. <laughs> let the word be your guide in, in thought. Let it be your guide, God's word, the things that God says to you. Let it be your guide when you plan. Let it be your guide when you treat people. Let it be your guide in your finances. Let it be your guide 
in how you relate to government, how you relate to people around you who are weaker. Let it be your guide in planning your priorities. Let it be your guide in your inner thoughts. For someone, our inner thought life is a mess. The conversations you have with yourself There's a fight there that needs the hand of God. Let the word of God prevail. Yeah. Tonight, I'd like us to pray. It might not be you. Maybe you have lots of strength. That's fine. But tonight we are praying for everyone in today's service with a little strength. We're asking that God, you are the one who shuts a door and no man can open it. Lord, you are the one who opens a door and no man can shut it. Lord, tonight, for everyone who has little strength, like this church in Philadelphia, but Lord, yet is refusing to let go of your name, is refusing to be distracted from your word. Our Father, tonight we ask that you would open a door. Your door that you open, Baba, it does not lead to pain. It doesn't lead to nowhere. Yes, it might not always lead to the places where we think it should go. But Lord, your word says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It has not entered into the hearts of men. We know that not all the doors will be for us, that sometimes you are calling us to preach. But Lord, that is fine. Tonight, Lord, we are praying for Gideon in this place. The one who says, I am from the least tribe in, in the nation and I am the weakest in my family. Lord, tonight we are praying for that person here who's 22,000 soldiers have left. We're praying for that other person whose 10,000 have also left. The person with little strength. Our Father, tonight we're praying for, for you to work a miracle in your church. Gideon says they will ask, where are the miracles? Where is proof of your God? And God says in Revelation, says, I will bring out proof that I love you. Father, we thank you. Let's sing. Father, we thank you. My hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground. Through the fiercest drought and storm, what heights of love, what depths of peace, my fears are still when striving sees my comfort. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.